All right, before we get started this evening, Brother Ron has an announcement he would like to make. Okay, most of you probably know about uh, the business meeting that we're going to have. We have not been able to have a regular business meeting because we have not had a pastor, and we're not allowed to have the business meeting or elect uh, board members without a pastor. But our interim pastor has got special permission from the board from the Oklahoma district to allow us to have a an emergency uh, business meeting and election of the board so we've got the uh, nomination ballots out those have to be turned in by next Sunday morning on the 14th we will have the election on Sunday night the 21st and uh, we will uh, on that uh, Election night, we'll also have our business meeting with the annual report for the uh, finances uh, for 2022. And uh, let's see, what else? Uh, I believe that's about all. Anything else? Any questions or anything? If any of you don't have any ballots for the nomination, the member uh, can vote on the ballot. Uh, see me afterwards. But uh, we have to have those in again uh, next Sunday morning. All right, we're going to begin with prayer tonight, and we have several needs that we need to mention uh, on your prayer list. Hopefully you've got one of those. You're keeping track of that. Uh, before I do that, let's get the announcements out of the way. Uh, if I remember what today is, the 10th. <laughs> get all these correct. Okay, uh, coming up, the first thing coming up, May 16th, uh, Thursday night at 6 o'clock in the Fellowship Hall. Heart to heart for the ladies. Is it Thursday or Tuesday? Tuesday, that's right, because never mind. We have, a, we have a, an appointment with the 17th. It is Tuesday, the 16th. We'll get it, we'll get it right here. I was thinking coming up quicker than it was. Next, next Tuesday at 6 o'clock in Heart to Heart, Tracy Stevens will be ministering in that. Uh, then on uh, May the 20th, men's breakfast, the Saturday, the May the 20th, men's breakfast in the Fellowship Hall, 830. Uh, and also uh, skipping into, there will be no prime timers for May since it falls on Memorial Day weekend. And give you guys a chance to be with family and or if, if you have those opportunities, take advantage of them. Can you all hear me, Don? Uh, I, no prime timers. We won't have prime timers this month because it falls on Memorial Day. So, yeah, Sunday night there'll be no service. Being dismissing for the baccalaureate here in, in Lone Grove, uh, and then and so keep that in mind and pray for our uh, our election is coming up. Um, let's see where else we. Uh, Sister Julie can, can have, would like some more help with singers and a drummer. If we can find a good drummer, uh, they they can they can help a lot. <laughs> Do what? He's coming or she's coming or she? Then we 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 we'll we'll, tell, we'll take anybody. Doesn't matter if they can play play them well and, and keep up with Julie. They'll be doing all right. All right, all right. Then in on June the third. 
uh, men's Bible study in the fellowship hall. So remember all of these. Uh, there's one here. We still have youth calendars for on sale for five bucks. You know, hurry up and get them before they <laughs> run out of date. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Uh, that's <laughs> I just, I couldn't pass that one up. Uh, my honoriness kicks in. All right. Uh, in our prayer request, let's remember those on our prayer list. Uh, remember Donna Phelps, I'm sure, would appreciate our prayers. Um, I'm sure she would like to be back in church. Uh, so let's remember her. Um, let's remember um, Sister Kim McLemore's cousin Richard. Now, I can't remember. Something happened. I don't remember what all his... They say I'm not loud enough. We got some deaf people in here, really, Sherry. <laughs> okay. Oh, I need to. I need to scream. Is that what? I, I, I don't like it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You'd think I'd be used to it, but I'm not. Anyway, is that better? Okay. Remember uh, Kim Applemore's cousin Richard. Um, I don't. Yeah, he has kidney disease, and it turns septic. And so uh, she had sent out a request to the a lot of the ladies that they were connected with, and they prayed. Uh, I think the last report was his temperature had dropped. Or, or is, it, is it 101? And communicating, so evidently that's an improvement from what he was. But continue to remember him in your prayers. Kathy Edwards has a niece that... Uh, fell through a porch and got her leg messed up. It also scratched it pretty bad, and it's infected. And the doctor says there's a possibility she could lose, um, I guess, that bottom part, like her calf and near her ankles and stuff. So we need to pray God heal that and just um, cause that infection to die out and leave, and healing just come and be restored in her as well. Any other one you have a request you'd like to mention? Or price report. I think we need price reports too. Wilma Callis. Okay, is that Merle's mom? Let's remember her in our prayers. Yes, Kathy. I think I think God likes doing it to doctors, <laughs> but praise the Lord that there's no cancer. God heals. God heals. God still heals, so don't give up. Don't give up believing. 
Don't give up believing. So let's remember that. Any other needs or praise reports? All right, let's stand together and go to the Lord in prayer. And then when we're done praying and over these needs and over our service tonight, Sister Julie's going to lead us in worship, and let's just remain standing for that. Everyone that will, join us, if you will. Father God, as we come to you tonight, we come to you, Lord God, first of all, to say thank you because it's your God. Thank you because, Lord God, you are a healer. Lord, as we have heard this testimony tonight, Lord God, you healed cancer. Lord, and the doctors are astounded because they cannot find any trace of it whatsoever. But Lord, when you do things, you do them well. And Father God, we thank you, Lord God, that you are a God who cares about us so much and about our lives so much, Father God, that you are able to heal, that you're willing to heal, Father God, that you're willing to touch our hearts and lives. You're willing to minister in every need that we have, Father God. And we just thank you, Lord, for that, that confidence that we have in your great love for us, in your great care for us, and in your great concern for what goes on in our lives each and every day. Lord, it may seem small to us. It may seem small to everybody else. But, Lord, if it's not small to us, it's not small to you. And I thank you, Father God, that you hear us when we call upon you. And your word declares that where two or three shall agree as touching any one thing, it shall be done for the honor and for the glory of you of your name, Father God. And, Lord, we're asking you, Lord, to touch the ministering life in all of these lives, Father, on our, on our prayer list. Touch and heal. Touch and deliver. Lord, minister uh, uh, provision, Lord, that's needed. Needed everything, spirit, soul, and body, Lord God, that you would minister to each and every need. Lord, continue, Lord, to touch Sister uh, Donna Phelps, Lord, and minister her heart and her life. And Father, we pray, Lord God, also for uh, Kim Acklemore's cousin Richard. We thank you, Lord God, that there seems to be improvement. We're asking you, Lord God, to continue to heal. Lord, we ask, oh God, that this liver condition will be healed in the name of Jesus. Uh, and that by your stripes, Jesus, we are and were healed. That is your word to us. And we stand on that tonight, Father, in behalf of Richard tonight, Lord, that you are healing his liver. You are healing, Lord, his body, Lord, and all of these things that have built up and that are going wrong, that, Father, they are being healed, and he is being set free from that to pain and, and from the, uh, the difficulties that it causes. And we just give you the honor and the glory in advance, Father, because you are good and you do all things well. We thank you, Lord. God, and ask, pray for Lord Kathy uh, Edwards' niece, uh, Brianna, Lord God. Ask you, Lord, to touch her leg. We ask for healing, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that all infection would leave her body, Lord God, and that your healing power would touch and flow through her as well. Lord God, that this leg and, and this part of her leg won't have to be removed, but Father God, you will heal it and Lord, restore the ability to walk and, and to move and, and, and get around as she desires to, Father God, in her heart and in her life. And we're just believing you, Lord God, for another praise report for what you have done and how you have ministered in hearts and lives. Father God, guide and direct us, Lord, as we study your word tonight. As we get into it, help us, Lord, to hear what you have to say to us. I pray, Father God, that you will just touch our worship, Holy Spirit of God, even now. Move in our midst. Let us help us, Lord God. Let go and let you have your way in this service tonight and touch our hearts and lives that we may in turn reach out and touch others with your life and your love and your power, Father God, that we might bring others and point them to you. And Lord God, that you might receive the honor and the glory and the praise from our lives as you touch.
touch us and we touch others. Lord God, may your name be glorified. Father, all these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.
that you are our Father, God, and that we can come to you, God, regardless of the circumstances and the situation that surrounds us, God. Because we have no fear.
Father, we worship you tonight. Lord, not only are you awesome in this place, but Father, you are awesome all over this universe that you have created. Father, we've entered into your sanctuary. We are in the presence of the Most High God. Lord, I sense your appreciation for those that are willing to draw nigh to you with a sincere heart. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are moving in this place right now. That you are touching us, Lord God. That you are ministering to our hearts and lives. And Lord God, you are holy. You are righteous. You are just. But most of all, Father God, you are love. You are life. You are everything 
we need in this world. You are everything we need in our lives from the time we wake up until the time we go to bed and that time that we're asleep. You are everything that we will ever need you to be. Father God, like you told Moses in the wilderness and that fiery burnish, I am that I am. And Father God, that's all we need to know. You are the only wise, true God. There is no one like you, Father. There is, you have no rival. You have no equal. You alone are God Almighty. And Father, we thank you for the privilege of being your children. We thank you, Father God, for the privilege of knowing that we can come boldly before the throne of grace and we can find help in time of trouble. We can find grace and help us and when we need it, Father God. We can find mercy. We can find everything, Lord, we need for life and godliness in your holy presence. In your holy presence. In the presence of Jehovah. In the presence of the Lord our God. Lord, we stand humble. We stand grateful, though, Lord, but we're humbled because you so love us and you care for us so much. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Julie, can we do that one more time as I come into your presence? Let's think about what we're singing tonight, church. Past the gates of praise into your sanctuary till we're standing face to face. I look upon your countenance, I see the fullness of your grace, and I can only bow down and say. do what you want to do right now in this house. Lord, we wait upon you. We wait upon you, Father.
My children, you have not come into just a building made with hands. But you have come into my holy presence. I am honored. I am pleased of the hearts that seek me, that long after me. And I will always satisfy that longing. Understand that I am still God. I have not changed. I have not diminished one tiny bit. I am as powerful as I ever was, and I will always be this powerful, for I alone am God. But I'm your God. And it is my good pleasure to be in your midst. It is my good pleasure to accept your praise and your adoration and, and your love for me. It is my great pleasure to accept what you offer from the very depths of your heart. Know that I receive it with gladness. Know that I receive it with joy. Know that I receive it in the love that it's given to me. And I will walk with you. And I do walk with you. I do not forsake you. I don't leave you. I will always walk with you as you keep your heart tuned and in drawing and seeking after me. I am your God. And I love you. And I will take care of you. Hallelujah. I still can't get past that verse. As I come into your presence. It means everything to know that when we want to get in His presence, He wants us to be in His presence. We praise Him and we honor Him, but what's most important is, we, as I come into your presence, past the gates of praise, the psalmist said, I will enter your gates, uh, I will enter your gates with thanksgiving, I will enter your courts with praise. Yeah. David can only look at a temple. They could go into the outer court. And only the high priest once a year could go into the Holy of Holies. But church, you and I have that privilege and that opportunity every time we want it. To go into the Holy of Holies. And to experience His presence. Sister Julie, once again, my deepest gratitude for you and Brother Dennis. You guys are terrific. Thank you for following the Lord. Hallelujah. David also said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord.
what a what a sad state of affairs for those that don't understand who God is and don't understand what it means to be in his presence. Yeah. I'm sure there are those that would look at us tonight and say, you silly bunch of people. But I got news for you. I got a God that says I'm not silly at all. Can I be so bold as to say that someone would call us silly and say, look, you're the ones that's silly because you don't have a clue what you're talking about. And you don't have a clue what you're missing. Amen. Amen. In your Bibles this evening, I want us to look for a few minutes in God's Word. I want to go to a very familiar portion of scripture for all of us actually two of them actually one of them is found in John chapter 4 the other one's found in Matthew chapter 11 go to John's gospel first you get past Luke here we'll get to John there we go John chapter 4, through verse 1 through, uh, actually pretty much the whole, uh, almost the whole chapter, <laughs> is a very familiar portion of Scripture to those of us that have been in church for a lot of years. It's the Samaritan woman at the well. When we stop and think about this, one of the things that, that stands out to me about this, verse 4 says, talking about Jesus, that he had to go through Samaria on the way. He had to. Jesus never did anything by mistake. I, on the other hand, have wound up in places that I never intended to be driving. I'm talking about driving. I, the Lord has been good to me. I've not, I don't know a lot of, didn't get off into sin a whole lot. I, I wasn't always a Christian, so don't think I was a perfect little angel all my life. If my mother was still here, she'd tell you he was a handful. <laughs> but Jesus never went anywhere or did anything just by accident. I'll tell myself I, we were headed into Arkansas somewhere and I was going to take a shortcut. The map said that I wound up in some guy's back pasture I have no idea where in Arkansas I was I was somewhere between Little Rock and Eureka Springs <laughs> kind of halfway back in the hills and he was very nice the man was he come out in what we would expect the back woods of Arkansas overalls the flannel shirt 
Thankfully, he did not have a shotgun. He said, yeah, where you turn right, you should have turned left. Well, long story short, it took us longer to get where we were going than it ever should have. It's my mistake. I went the wrong turn. Jesus didn't do that. The Bible says he had to go through Samaria. Why was it important that he had to go through Samaria? Because there was somebody that needed to know that there was a God who cared for them. Now, I'm saying this to us, and most of you know this, but I'm saying it to us, and I'm saying to those that are listening. Church, our responsibility is to get the gospel to those who need to hear it. We've got to walk the walk. We've got to talk the talk. We've got to live the life. We have got to be the living testimonies of what comes out of our mouth. It's important. It doesn't work any other way. God doesn't work any other way but that what we have experienced, we tell somebody else. I don't have to preach him a sermon, but you're a preacher. I don't have to preach him a sermon. I don't have to sit there and go in great detail about a lot of things and, and theological discussions. I'll give you, for instance, young man that uh, he doesn't work for us. He works for the vault company that brings out our boxes and our vaults for the funerals that we have to do. One of his coworkers told me that and he's probably not even 30, I don't think. But he loved to play. He's Hispanic young man. I'm thinking they just love to play football. <laughs> Faith reminds us every time we go to BGMC, the kids got to it's football, <laughs> soccer. We call it soccer. But sometime back in his younger years, he injured his hip and just kind of let it go and, and thought, oh, it'll get better. Well, it never did. He went to the doctor here the other day to find out. You know what the the doctor gave him some medication or gave him a shot to make it better, and the doctor looked at him and said, "Boy, you have got to have that hip operated on because you injured it in such a way that you cut off the blood supply to your hip, and if you don't we don't get that fixed, you're going to be in bad shape." And he uh, they told me about it, and he happened to show up yesterday. And, I went over to weeds having to wait for the, the family to get through with what they were doing. And I went over and talked to him and said, man, I'm sorry to hear about that. And he said, yeah, he said, it's kind of kind of scary. I was just hoping to get, you know, a shot. But the doctor's going, we need to operate on that pretty quick. And I said, yeah, if, if you, uh, that blood flow has been cut off too long, you know, decay has already set it in. And he said something. He said, have you ever had a bad surgery? And I said, no, I've not had a, I've not had a big surgery where I've, I've had my tonsils out when I was little. Uh, I've had a couple of what I call day surgeries. Uh, I've had gone to an orthodontist, was had some teeth extracted, but I've not had any major things. And I told him this. I said, No, I really haven't. I said, God has been really good to me. I've been really blessed. And I appreciate that. Sometimes, church, that's all it takes. 
You don't cram religion down. You don't cram Jesus Christ down their throat, but you tell them, look, God's been good to me. And God is, is good to us. So when we, talk, when we think about this, Jesus had to go through Samaria. Why did he have to go through there? Because none of the Jews would. I believe with all of my heart, when God called Abraham, his whole point and purpose for calling Abraham and making him the father of many nations was so that the Jewish people would scatter and broadcast the word of God around their world. But they didn't. Oh, God's talked to us. We are special. We're important. And what God's saying, wait a minute, why do you think I did this? Just so, because God showed himself. If you go, go back through quickly in your mind, go back through the Exodus. What happened? God showed himself mighty on behalf of the Israelites to the point that people said, we got to give them whatever they want because if they don't, God's going to get us. There was a fear of God because of what he had done. And unfortunately, as I read the Bible, the Israelites, they took it wrong. They got a little conceited. Well, God loves us and he doesn't love you. But that's not true. John 3.16 tells us that. God so loved the world. That honoring not head neighbor you've got. That boss that's a stinker. And we'll leave it at that. But he loved the world, the whole world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. These people, if you stop and remember the story, church, Jesus didn't just come for the woman at the well. You read that whole fourth chapter of the book of John, you'll find out Jesus had an ulterior motive. He was not only going to touch a woman's life. He was going to touch a city. He was going to touch a city. You know the story. Hopefully, if you don't, read it. I'm going to give you the Reader's Digest condensed, condensed version. He had to go to Samaria. Came to the Samaritan village of Sychar and tells about all of this. This woman came at noontime. Not going to go all those details why she came at noontime, but her life was a mess. She, Jesus asked for a drink. She said, wait a minute, why are you ask, you're a Jew. Why are you asking me for a drink? You know, we don't have anything to do with each other. Jesus said, if you knew who was talking to you, you'd ask him to give you a drink. Her thought was, oh, you're going to give me some water and I don't have to come back to this well again? Why was she, real quickly, why was she? She was ashamed of her life. I would suspect her self-esteem was probably about that tall. She talks to Jesus and Jesus talks to her. He'd sent you conveniently, isn't it convenient sometimes how he does things? He conveniently sent the disciples into town to get some food. Why didn't he let them stay there? Probably because they wouldn't keep their big mouth shut. Yeah. 
they hadn't matured to that point they realized to realize that God wanted everybody in the kingdom. So there he is, Jesus with this woman. The conversation goes. She says, oh, I'd like just give me this water. I don't have to come back here to get water anymore. I don't want to have to deal with my neighbors. I don't want to have to deal with my townsfolk because they know what kind of a mess my life's in. I'm ashamed. Or I don't have a very good opinion of myself. He said, go get your husband. She said, I don't have one. He said, you're right. Now, here's the reader's digest condensed version. He said, you've had five of them, and the sixth one you're with now is not even your husband. Now, don't you know that was a shocker? I mean, he, he laid it. He did not lay it. Now, church, I don't believe Jesus didn't lay that out there condemningly. He did not lay it out there to, to cast dispersion on her. He simply told her, you've spoken well because you've had five husbands. The one you're with now is not your husband. And all of a sudden she goes, where'd you come from? In her mind, how's he know this? How's he know what's going on? He's Jesus. The Holy Spirit told him. Because Jesus did a lot of things. Because if you go back to his temptation, he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. He did what the Spirit told him to do. He did what the Spirit directed him to do. The Spirit helped him to understand because of that relationship with the Father and the relationship with the Spirit. He understood what's going on in her life. He goes on in the whole, in verse 25, he, she said, Messiah is coming, called to Christ. When he comes, he'll explain everything to us. And Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. Now, I want to pick up in verse 27. Just then, his disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman, for one thing. The other, a Samaritan woman on top of that. Remember, this was not, these, the Jews did not associate with the Samaritans. They were, had, for whatever reason, had come from the wrong side of the tracks in their opinion. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman, but none of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her? Why are you talking to her? I wonder a lot of times there's things that we don't know because we weren't there. I have an imagination. I have a vivid imagination. When I think, you know, when those disciples come back and they see Jesus talking to this Samaritan woman, but they didn't have the nerve to ask the question, why are you talking to her? What do you have to do with her? I have a feeling, this is just me. It's not biblical. Okay, this is just me, so you can take it or leave it. It's not that important. But I have a feeling when they walked up, Jesus looked them eyeball to eyeball, and his eyes said, don't you say one word. Have any of you as kids been in trouble, and you looked at mom or dad, and you knew to keep your big mouth shut? Maybe you didn't. I'm Just me. <laughs> you know, I get that, you know, my daughter says I get that looked, and she was talking to her sister one time. Her sister was arguing with me something fierce. The youngest one was. 
And I was getting real hot under the collar. And my oldest one said, the youngest one said, look, when he gets that look, you need to shut up because the, the conversation's over. In other words, you just need not, you're not going to get what you want. I don't care how much you argue about it, you're not getting it. He's just not going to give in. You know, I wonder why my children are stubborn. They learned. But the disciples <clears throat> did not say anything. Verse 28, <coughs> excuse me. The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village. I hadn't noticed this till just now. Why was she out there in the middle of the daytime? She didn't want to be seen by anybody. She ran back to the village telling everyone Come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. Come see a man. Not a man standing behind a pulpit. Not a man or a woman in a church but the Christ, the Son of the living God. Her point was, he told her it was Messiah, and she says, could it be? If you go on and read the rest of that chapter, and I trust that uh, I, may be like, I may do one of Brother Roger's little things. Here's your homework. Go back and read the whole chapter. Because what you find out is they came and they talked with Jesus, and Jesus stayed for a few days. But their confession was, we believe he's the Christ, not just because of what you've told us, lady, because we've seen him for ourselves. Come see a man. The only purpose that the church is on the face of this earth is to show people the man Christ Jesus. And the message is simple. We make it so difficult sometimes, and we make it so hard sometimes. And Jesus never intended for it to be hard. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Again, a very familiar portion of Scripture, but I all have, as I thought about this, Started Sunday night, I think, with, or no, I started Sunday morning. And, and no disrespect to Brother Rogers, but sometimes the Lord will drop something in my spirit while he's preaching. And, and trust me, I'm, I'm li trying to listen to him, but then I'll, I've got to write that down real quick and go from there and let it marinate. Let the Lord tell me what he wants me to know. But the thing about this Matthew chapter 11 that stands out to me, these verses is, in, in its simplest form, what Jesus said, the first few words he said, is the message of the church, or it should be. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. I'm reading this from the Amplified Version. Come to me. 
Now stop right there. Jesus is talking and he says, come to me. We'll read the rest of it, but I want to get back to this. All you who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened. This is the amplified version. And I will cause you to rest. I will ease and relieve and refresh your souls. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Did you get it? It just doesn't, you don't automatically just cause a boom. It's, oh, I know all about him now. No, you don't. It's a learning process. It's a growing process. Learn of me, for I am gentle, that is meek, and humble, that is lowly in heart. And you will find rest, relief, and ease, and refreshment, and recreation, and blessed quiet for your souls. For my yoke is wholesome. Useful, good, not harsh, hard, sharp, or pressing, but comfortable, gracious, and pleasant. And my burden is light and easy to be borne. Think about the people that came to Jesus during his ministry. Did all of them accept the message that he taught them? No. The rich young ruler comes to mind. He came to Jesus, was talking to him, and Jesus, he says, Good master, what, th what good thing can I do that I might inherit eternal life? And Jesus told him, You know, you keep commandments. These I've done since my youth, he says. One thing you lack, Jesus says, go and sell all you've got, give it to the poor, come and follow me. And the Bible says he went away, the young man went away sorrowful, for he had much riches. I think we could probably say quite well, he trusted in his riches way more than he was going to trust in Jesus. That mean, and you know, there are people that have said, well, then God doesn't expect, God, you know, won't save rich people. Yes, he will. It's not the riches. It's what you put your trust in. There are poor people today walking this planet. There are poor people today walking the streets of this town that don't have a nickel to their name, and they're still as lost as anybody else that hasn't made Jesus Christ Savior and Lord because they will not trust Jesus. Or maybe they haven't heard somebody tell them that Jesus loves them. They haven't had a Christian walk across their path. Oh, I could meddle. I will. I just, I will say this as gently as I know how. When we run across those people that are not the most desirable, what do we do? Do we act like you remember the guy that Jesus talks about, the, 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 the good Samaritan? The guy was walking on a journey. He fell among thieves. They trapped him, beat the wadden out of him, left him for dead. The priest comes by. Oh, no, I, I've got to go on this side of the road. I just can't be near something like that. 
and then I can't remember who else, the Sadducee, same difference. Oh, that poor guy. Oh, yeah, he, he must have really done something bad to get God let that happen to him. Not necessarily. But the Samaritan came by. The Samaritan stopped, poured oil and wine into his wounds, put him on his mule or donkey and took him to the nearest inn and went to the innkeeper and said, would you please take care of him? Here's some money I've got. Next time I come through, if I owe you more, you tell me and I'll pay it. There are people outside these four walls, church, and not just you, but the, anybody that's listening, it's a Christian listening. Outside your four walls are people that need to know that Jesus Christ cares for them. And the only way he's gonna, they're going to know that, the only way they're going to understand that is if you and I reach out in the loving kindness of God that has been manifested in our hearts and lives and help them out. Amen. Not a handout, but a hand up. There's about there. I know there's some. There's some. They're just looking for money, and so they can go sit on their coon dog and not do nothing. But you know what? There are people out there that are looking to find an answer. That young lady. That lady was needing an answer. She not only needed to know that Jesus was the Christ, but she needed to know that she was worth something. There's a lot of people walking this earth today that need to know they're worth something. God does not make junk. And God made you like he wanted you to be when you were born. I'll leave that one right there. What the enemy is doing his best to destroy people by telling them a bunch of nonsense and a bunch of lies that does not come, that's not anywhere close to what God intended. But we still got to love them. God still wants to save them. God still wants to redeem them. The message is, come unto me. The message is, come unto me. Jesus says, come unto me. Here, remember another lady that came to Jesus. Brother Rogers preached on her the, here the other week, here a few weeks ago. A woman with the issue of blood. She came to Jesus. The Bible said she'd been to all the doctors there was, spent every dime she had to get this condition taken care of. But all she wound up with was more sick and broke. The Bible says she spent all she'd had. She didn't have any more. But she'd heard about Jesus somewhere, somehow. And she said in her heart, and church, this, this is the thing that, that I think sometimes we're not careful we miss. What she said before she ever got to Jesus was her path to her answer. If I can touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. That's her confession. That was her confession of faith. Sometimes I think I know too much because it's like that and then I can see another, whole another sermon. 
it 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 bothers me when I hear Christians say and get get this. Oh, I don't know what we're gonna do. Yes, you do. You're going to pray and you're going to stand on the Word of God and you're going to believe God for what He said. It does not matter what the world does. It does not matter what it says. They're full of baloney to start with, in my opinion. Give me somebody that will stand on the Word. My wife told me a story. She was talking to some young man in Missouri, uh, Springfield. No, is it Springfield? Was that where Mercy's? Springfield. They, Mercy has their big corporate offices. She was talking to a young man. She talked to him before. But long story short, I'm going to try to make this as short as possible. He had his grandmother in her 80s. Almost 90. And she knew of this church that was going, everything's going fine. But she drove by one day and the church was empty. And she's going, wait a minute, what's the matter here? She began to inquire. Well, you know, everything, we just had to close the doors because nobody was coming. She asked this nearly 90-year-old lady, Christian lady, asked them, can I rent this from you and try to open it up again? Oh, you don't have to rent it. We'll let you in there for free. The story is she got started some of her family they got started and they were going and she's going that we need this and we need this they needed a set of drums this young man that faith was talking to happened i don't remember how he happened to go but it was he was a high high school bully that he went to school with and how they got connected we won't get there it's a long story but they connected and they were talking and, and because I think he knew that he had drums and he or knew that he might know somebody that had. He said, you know, we're, we're looking for a set of drums. Or was it the other way around, Faith? I can't. Did the. Oh, the, the guy opened deal. He heard about it or whatever. And hey, you need a set of drums? Well, here's what grandma had said before. We need some drums. Well, how are we going to do that? We're going to pray for it, and God's going to give us a set of drums. That was exactly the answer out of her mouth. And he did. I don't know what it's doing. Somebody, she, uh, the, 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 oh, they have, she preaches. She was a preacher. That's what it was. She'd been a preacher for a lot of years. But uh, seemingly God preacher, I think, maybe. I'm not sure, but anyhow, possible. But the thing about it is she preaches on Sunday morning. Well, she's 90 years, nearly 90 years old. Okay, Sunday morning, she's probably doing good to get Sunday morning <laughs> done and, and over with. I mean, time and age is taking its toll. But they let anybody come in. But somebody had asked the question. In fact, it was the, the guy that had been the bully had gotten saved. And the Lord had called him to preach. And he said, uh, you know, he said, he, somehow that got mentioned. He said, well, you think she'd mind if I'd come? He said, but I only have one question first. And they said, what's that? He said, are you Pentecostal? Why, sure. What's the deal? Because evidently this young man that had been the, the school bully that this guy knew had gotten radically saved. God changed his life, turned him around, called him to preach, filled him with the Holy Spirit because he said, I've sit there and gone to churches and prayed for people and they start talking in other tongues when the God's healing them. And he said, I get these funny looks from these people. 
Well, they're just, they're just knowing the truth. What we want. Jesus said, come unto me. The lady come in. There are men that come unto him. Jesus will take whoever will give him their trust. How much do we trust him? Church, how much does God want us to just reach out? There's a young lady here that goes to Brahms, and I think that's part of her ministry. Doesn't matter what. There's a young man that sits there and has a nice old car. It's not old. Because I'm almost as old as it is. Or it's probably a little year older than I am. It ain't old yet, Brother Don. I'm sorry. It's a nice car. You know, it's a, it's a vintage car, but it ain't old. Because I'm not old. But how many people's lives does Brother Don touch that you and I have no idea about? And I, I believe I know Brother Don well enough to know, and I'm not trying to make you embarrass you, Brother Don, but I believe I know you well enough to know that when the opportunity presents itself, you tell them about Jesus. What if they accept it? What if they do? What if they don't? What if they don't? That's their choice. But if we're giving them the opportunity, if we're giving them the information, here's, that's, this is the message of the church. It's pure and simple. Jesus said himself, come unto me. He also says, and I can't remember where it's at, but he says, he that comes unto me, I will in no wise cast out. He's not going to throw anybody. Anybody that's willing to come and make him Savior and Lord of their life, he will not tell you no. And he won't lie to you. It's the pyramid. It's simple. But church, it's, there's a few examples. You just go back through the Gospels and read all those that came to Jesus, talked to him. Some accepted, some didn't. One of his own disciples betrayed him. And it's like, it wasn't the fact that he had a bad pastor. He had the best pastor on the planet. You've got the Lord himself. Amen. Jesus the Christ is talking to you and teaching you. Did it have any effect? Uh, what does the book of Acts tell us? With those 12 disciples in the 120 and then the 3,120. Yes, it had an effect. But we have to choose to listen. We have to choose to come. But I am here to tell you, church, and here to tell you anybody that's listening that doesn't know Jesus as Savior and Lord of your life, the message of Jesus is simple. It's come to him. I thought about this, but, but I have to, what if I have to give up some stuff? The things that God asks you to give up are going to be in your best interest anyway. He's not going to take anything away from you and ask you to give up something unless it's harmful to your spirit man or your physical man. And I am of the opinion for myself, the best life I can live is as a child of God because of the saving blood of Jesus Christ applied to my life. Amen. Amen. Am I rich? Not by the world's standards. It don't matter. Am I famous? I hope not. 
And if God wants to do that, that's fine. But I'm not really, I'm not that fond of being in big crowds and, you know, being the center of attention. Unless it's doing what God says do. Okay? And I take that very seriously. I'm not interested whether the world knows my name or not. I don't care if the world thinks I'm wealthy, famous, you know, good looking or anything. It doesn't matter. That's all fluff. But you know what matters? It's to know that Jesus is Savior and Lord of my heart and my life. And he wants to be Savior and Lord of everybody's. God, I think it's the Apostle Paul that says, God is not willing that any should perish. Maybe not. You have to go look that one up. But God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. It may have been Peter or James, one of those two said that, but it's in the Bible, okay? That much I know. I can't tell you always where, but I know it's there. Why? Because that's God's heartbeat. That's God's heartbeat. The psalmist, I believe, said it this way, Oh, come taste and see that the Lord is good. Yes. Try it. But let me tell you something. When you try it, it's not just deal to just pick it up and then, oh, well, I don't need, no. If you try, if you ever understand and fully get involved in who God is and who Jesus is, you'd be silly to walk away from it. And unfortunately, you would be eternally lost. And God doesn't want that either. Would you bow your heads with me for a moment? All the Christians praying in the house, please. Father God, I pray, Lord, that this message is, it's been simple, and I know. But Lord, it is simple. Help us as a church, first of all, Lord, to, as simply as we know how, is as, as we have the opportunities to tell others, just come to Jesus. Jesus cares about you. God cares about you. Help us, Lord, as, as your people to lift you up and to just point people to Jesus. We can't save them, Lord. We know that. But we can bring them to you or point them to you and say, Jesus can save you. Jesus can help you. Jesus is the answer for your life. And I pray, Father God, that we will realize that and, and try not to make the message so complicated, but just keep it simple, Lord, so that people know and that people understand that you love them, that you care about them, that Jesus, you gave your life for them so that they didn't have to spend an eternity in a devil's hell. That they, not only that, Father, it's not just missing hell. It's the fact that when we make Jesus Savior and Lord of our life, you have given us the Spirit and you've given us your Word to help us to live this Christian life day by day by day. Grow in it day by day by day. And Lord, it's simple. It doesn't mean that life's going to be easy. It doesn't mean that life's just going to be a bed of rose petals down our path. But it does mean that if Jesus is Savior and Lord of our life, you always walk with us. Jesus, I mentioned, uh, Father, I mentioned that verse where Jesus said, He that comes unto me, I will in no wise cast out. Help them, Lord, to understand. And Holy Spirit, help them to see how simple the message is, but how much and how straight it is 
from your very heart, oh God. Maybe watching this tonight, you say, well, that's not a fiery sermon and that's, you know, whatever. But the message is simple. Jesus wants you to come to him and let and you let him help you change what's wrong, change you from the inside out, make you a new creation. That's his desire. His message is simple. He's saying to you, you come to me. The word says if we, if we draw nigh to God, he will draw nigh to us. You've got to make the first step. You've got to be willing to say, Lord, here it is. I mean, just here's the package. You, you can do with it what you can. And he will. The thing about it that you can understand is, when you make Jesus Savior and Lord of your life, there will be a peace. There will be a burden that's lifted that you don't know that you've been carrying for all your life. But it lifts. I want you to pray this prayer. And if you can, message us here at the church or let a Christian friend that you know of or a Christian person that you know of that, that, that around your life, around somewhere around where you are, Pray this prayer with me. And I believe if you'll mean it with all your heart, the Bible says if you confess with your mouth, if you believe in your heart the Lord Jesus and him raised from the dead and confess with your mouth, you will be saved. And that's the first step. Come to Jesus. Just pray this prayer. Jesus, I understand that you want me to come to you. I understand that you, Jesus, are not concerned about the mess that I'm in. Lord, you weren't concerned about the lady at the well who had five husbands and at that present time was just living with another man. You didn't. All you told her was this was the truth about her life, but you didn't condemn her. You invited her to come to you. And she, in turn, invited others. Jesus, come into my heart. Save me. Redeem me. Wash me with your blood. And I will be made whole. I will be saved. Jesus, I thank you that you hear my prayer. I thank you that by faith, I believe that you, Jesus, are Savior and Lord of my life now. And I thank you for doing this in me, for changing me and continuing that change as I grow and as I develop into the Christian you call me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I trust someone has heard that and prayed that. I kind of got a little off and astray, but that's all right. Let me say a prayer for you guys before we go and just ask the Lord to guide and direct us. Father God, thank you, Lord, for this time together. 
Thank you, Lord God, for each and every one that is here. Thank you, Lord, for those that have heard the message, Lord, by means of, of social media or, or by seeing it on the Internet, Lord, either tonight or sometime in the future, Lord, doesn't matter. Thank you that they've heard. And, Lord, much pray that you will take that word to their heart. Father God, guide and direct us. Lord, help us as we uh, think about this upcoming uh, board, uh, business meeting. Father, may we pray and pray and pray and pray and pray until we know what you want us to do, Lord God, because it's very serious and it's very vital for our church that we have people that are spirit-led, Lord God, to bind together and get together and, Lord, see you do the work that needs to be done in this church. Thank you, Father God, for the pastor that you're bringing here. And I pray, thank you, Father God, for your promise that you do not leave us, you do not forsake us. Wherever we go, whatever we're doing, you're always right there. And, Father, I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Go with the Lord because he's going with you.